I think I was a little scared there because like the doctors told me how bad it was. I never realized until like in Czech, there was this one doctor that told me, yeah, you can celebrate your uh, your birthday twice a year because like you're really lucky that you survived. Welcome to The Pass Track Talks, the ultimate traveling podcast for motorsport stories. We are Nicole and Mattia, and together we wish to narrate the characters of the little big world that we are so passionate about. We meet the drivers as well as the insiders directly at the racetracks, and throughout our unfiltered talks, behind-the-scenes anecdotes, pure emotions and fragments of intense life emerge, together with the universal values that characterize this discipline. Because in some way, the past is also about you. Enjoy! Welcome to this new episode of The Pass Track Talks. I'm uh, Mattia Livraghi. I'm Nicole Miotto. And today we're here with a very special guest, uh, Eliska Babishkova. Hi, everyone. And we're here at the amazing Francia Corta karting track. We're in the briefing room where they usually hold the briefings on the weekend of the FIA Karting World Championship. Okay, okay, Jay. But tomorrow we will not speak about the race. Tomorrow? Today, we will not speak <laughs> about the race. I'm sorry. Uh, we will speak about Eliska's story. First of all, thank you for being here, Eliska. No problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs> for me, it's a real pleasure because maybe you won't remember. I'm a bit older than you, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I remember in 2015 when I used to race in the Easy Car Championship that you and your two sisters raced. So you were very little. But yeah. We did race, but my memory doesn't serve me that well. Oh, so. Okay, yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry. Uh, anyway. Too many races to remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine. But uh, it's a real pleasure because I kind of saw you and your sisters grow through the years. So I'm really happy to have you here to tell you a bit of, about your story. Where do we start? From the start. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just like how did you get to get into karting? How did your passion start? Yeah, so I think um, before my passion, before my sister's passion, it was more my dad's passion. Mm. And um, kind of, he, I think he always liked cars because um, he, when he was 18, he ran away to Germany and that's where the love for the cars kind of grew. And so then, he started his company here in Czech and his one of his work like employees um, had a son who was racing and then the employee took my dad to the track once and my dad completely like fell in love with it so then my older sister Teresa was six years old and he got her into it straight away and the first time she went out, she broke her leg. No, <laughs> no, she no. Yeah. <laughs> the first time she tried a go kart. Yeah, because they put her in a mini straight away. Six years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, just, she just got on the power, and she went into the barriers and flipped. And it, or it was but wait, like how many years bad. difference between you and Teresa? It's two and a half years. So you remember you were there watching her? No, 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 no. Ah. I, w- I was at home. And I just remember her coming home and she was like, her leg was hurting so much. And my dad thought that she's just faking it, like that she doesn't <laughs> want to go to school the next <laughs> day or something. So he didn't want to believe her. And then she went to the hospital and like the bone in her thigh, which is like the 
like the thickest bone on the yeah. body, right? Mm-hmm. It was broken. It was That's yeah. crazy. Wow, what a traumatic yeah. <laughs> first time. <laughs> yeah, and then after Teresa, me and Petra started when at the age of five, but we didn't start in minis because <laughs> I think my dad learned from the bad experience. <laughs> we started in like bambinos. You know, yeah, yeah. Like. So yeah, I I think, and my passion, it I think it grew already in bambinos because I always just wanted to be the fastest. And Between you and your sisters, you mean, or in general? No, we were also like doing races in Bambinos because there was ah. like um, in Czech Republic. In, yeah, in Czech okay. Republic. Yeah, and I always just wanted to win the races and be the fastest. I think when work, it's all we want to do is be the fastest. And then when you get older, that you also want to be the best in racing and that. But when I was a child, I just wanted to be the fastest. That's all yeah. I saw, and that was my biggest goal. <laughs> so but did you have a better first-time experience than your sister? Did you enjoy <laughs> your yeah. first time? Yeah, I actually did. So when when I was starting, they they put like a rope. They tied it to our ah. card, and ah. they were like holding us on the rope so we don't <laughs> go as fast. Ah. And because the engine wasn't so strong, it wasn't that difficult to hold the cart. So, uh, yeah, my experience was way better. <laughs> that, uh, something that made makes me curious uh, watching you and your sisters is uh, is actually this because you said Teresa started first, and you, it, it's common to see brothers and sisters racing, but usually then only one goes on. Instead. Y- all three of you and then also your little brother uh, started and you all keep going. So I wondered if it's really something you all just love so much or if maybe, I don't mean there is pressure, but I don't know, it's more something you're used to and that is part of you, but it's not, mm, I mean, I was impressed because all of you race, all of you keep going uh, and all of you seem passionate to me. So how is it that this happened? I think it's... Well, I think it's a bit different for everyone. For each of us, it's a bit individual. I think all of us like different parts about it, but we kind of learn to love it in our own way. And uh, for example, for me, I just like love racing and I just love the races. I also actually like the paddock, the atmosphere and everything. And I'm pretty sure like if you ask Petra or Terry, it would be like similar answer, but they would put like their own twist to it. So there is for sure something, some parts they love more than me. But I think also what makes it like really special for us is that like we get to be together as a family. Mm. So we get to spend some time together, my brother, my sisters, my dad and mom, because they come to most of our races. So I think that's all, because we're in school in Prague. Oh, you so okay, so you live always in uh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so, but we're not with our parents because they live in, like, a different part of Czech, so we actually don't see each other that often, so then... Do you like live on racing. your own already? Uh, well, yeah, I live with my sister, so then kind of racing becomes, like, a family thing, and it's just, like, um, yeah, great to spend time together here. Oh. And how is it, because, I mean, you all started when you were very little, so how is, uh, does the f- uh, family, does the time together change between when you're on track and when you're home? Uh, do you feel that something is different when you're on track altogether or do you live the same kind of relationship when you're on track and when you're home? I think 
most of the time it's very similar. It's just probably uh, between me and my sisters, the rivalry is like <laughs> higher on, on the track. But then um, I think at home we like, we make like a really good trio. We always have each other's back. And then, um, yeah, I think it that's like a little different. But okay. other than that, it's just, it's pretty much the same to be honest. Okay. No, I was curious about this. And you told we have each other's back when you're on track. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, <laughs> on, on the track, everybody wants to win. Okay, so I not always, but I think if we can help each other somehow. For example, if Teresa knows that I'm not fast enough, and then um, she knows I'm behind her. Or, like, she knows she isn't fast enough, sorry. And I am behind her, and she knows I am fast enough. Then she's just, like, lets me through because it it will just, like, be beneficial for both of us. So we kind of have each other's back on the track as well, uh, but not completely. Do, do you help each other uh, between, I mean, the sessions maybe, I don't know, giving each other advice? Or you all look at your individual uh thing with your mechanics uh, and you just try to keep things separate yeah i think sometimes we try to give each other advice but it isn't like really beneficial because um as i said we are rivals and um it just can come off as like the other one thinks she's better Mm. so we just tend to take advice from other people because that's what they're there for and oh, if we keep it separated then there is at least no drama and no <laughs> what do you feel i i ask nicole because uh, i'm i have a brother and we both actually raced but he mm, finished quite early and then he just supported me nikki has an older sister you what wh- what do you think when you hear uh, Eliska talking about her relationship with her sister in such a sport. Well, it's really nice because they, at the end of the day, have a lot in common. Me and my sister never did the same sport. She's also much older than me. But to have such a thing that keeps you together Mm -hmm. is really nice. Also, growing up uh, and learning. I think when you get even older, you look back at the memories and be really happy and grateful they have happened yeah what does that this sport actually mean to you and your family and your sisters um that's a difficult question because (laughs) we've it's something i think it's something that has really like become just a part of our family because it's just something we're so used to and then when we don't do it it just feels like strange like we feel like we're doing like something unusual you know so when when we don't do the sport it's just like what's going on (laughs) like (laughs) something's missing (laughs) something's missing yeah so i think it has really just become a part of the family as like we get to spend time together around the track we even get to travel like around europe and also to bahrain so um yeah so it just i think it has become like First of all, a great experience. And then also I think it has learned us a lot of things. Like for sure it helped us with English. And then with, um, I think my bond with my sisters also has gotten stronger through the sport. Because like before we we were doing the sport, I don't think we were as close. So I think it for sure like brought us together as well. So it's just a huge part of our life. 
could you ever imagine your family, your sisters and you without the sport? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's an easy answer because we've been doing it for such a long time. I I just don't know like what else I would be doing like. We also did gymnastics, but I just cannot imagine doing gymnastics till now. Like with karting I can because I just love it. But I cannot like imagine I just would do this with anything else. This is really powerful. Also because, you know, we started this podcast to let people understand uh, what is behind karting because people watch the races, see the results, but not a lot of people can actually understand all that someone lives to do this sport and what, what it means to people. And also we are doing this podcast because we believe that motorsports, like maybe all other sports, but in partic particularly motorsports, is a metaphor for life. And you are a perfect example because you're just telling us this. So, I mean, how, how, do, you th how do you think that this sport shaped you? You were speaking about the things it, uh, it taught you, but also maybe you talked about English, about traveling and the relationship with your sisters. Do you also feel that many values you have are thanks to this sport? Yeah, for sure. Like, I... It It has taught me so many things I, and I gained so many life lessons from this sport. Like, um, just like, this is something I always say and it is that um, whenever you do something, you just have to do your absolute best because then if you don't, you're just wasting your time on, um, and time is precious. So if whatever you do, just do your absolute best because it's just, Otherwise, you're just wasting time. Wasting time, and yeah, I guess that that is an important life lesson for me because it it maximizes your performance and it just I think it makes you better in everything you do because if if you don't do your best, what are you doing? <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> you, uh, oh, no. Go go. <laughs> no, do you also? apply this on your normal daily life let's say training uh, maybe even mental training because i guess the pressure it's a lot yeah yeah for sure i that's what i meant when i said this it's like motorsport has taught me that but i think everyone should apply it in everything because it's how it's how to get the best out of life You were telling us that you couldn't imagine your life without uh, motorsport. But I remember last year, uh, I, 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 we were already speaking about uh, having a sort of interview together. And, and you told me that you would have stopped racing this year. And you actually, I didn't see you actually for the whole, nearly the whole season. You came back uh, towards the end of it. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you why and how did that much? change because then you came back yeah i think it was mainly also like frustration because our materials were not really good enough because obviously in this world not only the talent matters like material tires everything needs to be put in place and we were just we in depth we just didn't have the material i felt like so then i knew i like i knew i was fast enough and good enough to Uh, drive for sure in the top 10 but 
um we just didn't have the material so it was just so frustrating and i was like oh my god i'm done with this <laughs> like so it was a, a thing about results yes i think when you don't have results and something you're working so hard for you just you just get so dismotivated and like all the motivation just goes away because you can't see the results of your hard work and how did you decide to come back so i think because I was doing some test days with my sisters this year. And Just to have fun or because you were already thinking of a possible comeback? Well, my dad <laughs> wanted uh, to keep me in the sport, so he made me <laughs> do the test days. I had no choice. Really? Yeah, oh. so he was like, you have to do the test days with the sisters. We already put so much money into it, so you have to do it. <laughs> so oh. I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, but I also didn't want to stop racing completely or like driving completely because I would just like miss it a lot and I also couldn't go from doing karting on 100% to zero to zero Mm. so at least I got to do karting in this way and then um, I just missed the racing like whenever I would come to a race to watch I would just be like oh my god I wish I was driving Um, so yeah, then I I found out the World Championship is going to be in Franciacorta, and it's like one of my favorite tracks. Huh. Mm. So, um, so then I decided to do the World Championship and see how everything goes. Do, do you regret that little time you've not been racing, or do you think it didn't actually change that much, and you're happy with how, or or maybe it also helped you to understand certain things? I don't know. Yeah, I think it for sure helped me to understand certain things because, and it benefited me in like a way because uh, before I was super frustrated, I wasn't motivated, I just wasn't really feeling good in the sport anymore. But now that I got to take the time off and now that I'm like fast again or on the top, well, not this week really, but um, on the WSK we had good pace and on also the FIA and then the Italian Championship. So it's just really, I'm just really happy with it and it motivates me and it for sure uh, makes me happy that I made the decision to stop at the start of the year and then decided to come back because I think I really needed that break. So... Was it getting heavy for you uh, with the frustration? Yeah, I think it was just like the frustration also, like we were never at home. Mm. So it was like, I wanted to be home. I wanted to see my family more because I was like, I am sacrificing all these things I love for something that um, it's like not really worth doing anymore because I'm not getting the results I want anyway. It was not giving you back what you were yeah. giving it. Yeah, exactly. And you, you talked about sacrifices. It's something that people uh, struggle to understand when you speak about a sport uh, such as karting. Um, no, but, but also because sometimes people tend to be like, they're having fun. Why would yeah, they that's complain true. about sacrifice? But in reality, yeah, you there's to, a lot. You have to sacrifice so much. Like time at school also, you need to catch up with everything. I think that's the biggest misconception people have is that like when you do karting, your school life is so easy, but I feel like it gets more difficult because you have to catch up with all the work or you have to do the work at the track when while you're still driving and I never managed to do school (laughs) or to do homework at the track. My mother, when I was little, uh, I I never uh, competed uh, uh, in like the biggest races like WSK, FIA, but 
sometimes I missed Fridays or Thursdays at school. And when I was little, my mom, like she was after me and yeah, I had to do the work. Yeah. But when I grew up, I just tried to do it on the, on the bus, anywhere possible to have it done before the weekend because I didn't yeah. want to have anything. So I, I imagine with your rhythm, how, how it must have been. Yeah, exactly. Also the test days, like when we're testing from Monday to, I don't know, to like Thursday, it's just like you're missing almost the entire week and it's just, yeah, then you have to catch up and it, it's not that easy, you know? And then also sacrificing spending time with family and just being at home, kind of just missing your own house. So, yeah, I think those are the big biggest sacrifices I needed to do. Is there anything you're still missing, like hanging out with friends, doing, let's say, normal <laughs> teenagers <laughs> things <laughs> yeah well i think i always try to catch up on that when i'm at oh. home so mm -hmm. i always hang out That's with nice. my friends yeah so but i also have friends around the track and i also mm. really like them so it kind of makes up for the time with friends but yeah i always try to catch up with my friends when i'm at home um so yeah i do miss it but it's something i can kind of look past and it's not the biggest sacrifice i have to do yeah probably when we were speaking about the the term sacrifice uh, you can argue that you're not sacrificing because it's something you love but then you must also consider that it becomes almost a profession i mean yeah. it's something you do very professionally there's a lot of work on track but also outside the track so um I mean, when did you understand? Because I guess that when you were little, it was just pure fun. As you said, yeah. it was fun. And obviously you wanted to win, but it was a much more entertaining activity, let's say. When did you understand in your career that this could have become maybe also your future as a, as a professional racing driver? Well, I think... Okay, so this wasn't... This year wasn't the first time I stopped. I stopped also when I was nine years old. Oh, and I didn't know this. Yeah, I stopped because um, I was just like, I was a child who was away from home all the time. And um, my dad was just forcing us to do it. And he was forcing us to be like in Italy 24 seven. Mm. So then I was like, okay, I'm tired of this. I don't want to do it anymore because I was a child being deprived of all these things that I loved, you know? I loved being at home with my friends and I didn't understand it as much. So then when I got, came back when I was 13... Oh, you, st you stayed four years yeah. without it. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was... <laughs> Yeah, but then I missed it again. So I, I was <laughs> like, I, I need to come back again. But when you were a child, was it really difficult? Maybe also the cultural difference, like coming to Italy um, to I adapt. Think, I think the biggest difference was like the language. Mm. Because I still, when I was little, I didn't really speak that much English because the school English level is not very <laughs> high <laughs> so uh, yeah I think the biggest thing was the language but other than that I love Italy and mm. especially we race in the Senzano so or like Lonato so um, yeah the environment there is just beautiful the lake, lake and I think my family and I love it there so whenever we can come there we just do because it's so nice there so I think yeah the biggest thing was just the language mm. You, you were speaking before about your father uh, kind of forcing you to do it. How did, did, did this ever create some 
not not problems, but maybe some discussions or some things in your relationship that you wished were could have been a bit different at yeah, times. I well, I think my dad is very um, stubborn person, and also he has higher authority than me, so <laughs> we, we, we couldn't really we couldn't really discuss anything. Uh, so always what he said that's how it needed to be we didn't really get to discuss anything so <laughs> there were no discussions about this stuff it wasn't a democracy <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> dictatorship <laughs> <laughs> was it like this also with your sisters with your with Petra and yeah, Terry yeah with everyone but you were the only one who stopped or also also Petra did and Teresa did but not for as long Teresa okay. only stopped for one and a half years Okay. And then me and Petra stopped for four years. That that's really curious because it, it makes me think about how this sport becomes part of you. Mm -hmm. So it's not just uh, anymore something you do for fun. It's not even a, a only a passion. It's like a lifestyle, as you yeah, were saying. Yeah, for sure. And it's also not like if you stop, you just don't forget about it. Like there's always like something pulling you back. It's always like you you just want to go and watch that world championship, or you mm. you want to go and watch that race, and then you kind of get caught up in it again, and then you're like, okay, maybe we should try again. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, that's how it was for us, I think. And what's your fondest memory in karting up until now? Like the best day, I. I I hope and I think you have quite a few, but if you need to pick one. I think that would be the the I games to be honest. When you won. When I won the I games in twenty twenty, yeah. Because Scampilos as well is one of my favorite tracks. And um it just I was also racing there in twenty twenty the Rotax, um what was it? The Winter Cup, yeah. Yeah. And I was really fast, but we just didn't, we were just unlucky. And um, then I didn't get to even get a trophy. I was, I actually didn't even do the second final because we had some issues with the team. Uh. Uh, so then coming back two years later and um, winning that race was, it just really felt amazing. What relationship do you have with uh, Victory? Um, I I just love it, honestly. <laughs> That's it. But like, um, I feel like it always just gives you this like great feeling. Also, it always makes me so motivated. Like, not just in karting, but in everything. I just I just want to become a better person after I win races. No, like I'm always like I'm gonna start going to the gym and. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's just feels really good and like motivational i think you're a very competitive person yes very <laughs> especially with my sister Teresa. ah yeah we were always the like we were always competing with each other in everything not just in karting but everything so who's the fastest of you uh i think it depends on the track but i think at this track i'm a bit faster but Teresa has always been a better racer ah. so she she has better racecraft for sure and do you learn from her? And do you do you actually also like try races together when you practice or? Yeah, yeah, we do. And uh, also, we <laughs> have in the in the past when uh, we still were testing and um, NX30 and Rotax, especially because we didn't really specialize in OK until like this year. 
and um, we were just doing the craziest races ever. We would like crash in practice. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was yeah. gonna ask you if you ever crashed into oh my each God. other. So we did this like um, kind of fake start once, yeah, <laughs> and it was horrible. One guy because we also had like coaches who were driving with us, so it was uh-huh. like six of us driving. So one uh-huh. had like bend axle, one's <laughs> wheel flew off, one <laughs> almost flipped. <laughs> it was like crazy. It was basically a survivor race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in six. <laughs> Kimi Antonelli passing by. <laughs> you actually raced with him too in sixty easy, yeah, but you said yeah, that maybe yeah. you, you do you remember that? No, I just remember <laughs> I just remember him as a little kid because he was always like unbelievable fast yeah. and everyone thought he was cheating. Yeah, I remember <laughs> no. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. He was just really good, but Back then, it was just like, oh my god, how is this guy so good? Like, what is this? So we all thought he was just cheating. <laughs> <laughs> but you spoke about your relationship with victory. What about your relationship with defeat, since you're a very competitive person? Um, yeah, I don't love that as much. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just think it's, it's... But it's like a part of it, you know? It teaches you stuff and... Of course, nobody likes it, and if I could choose, I'd be winning all the time. But defeat also teaches you stuff, and not it's not always just negative, you know? So, oh, sorry. Go, Nikki, I <laughs> saw you. <laughs> no, I wanted to ask you if it brings you down a lot, and if you maybe learned how to deal with it when you were younger and now... Yeah, I think it doesn't really bring me down a lot, because I kind of... When you're in such a competitive sport and there are so many like good people mm-hmm. and fast people and just good racers, you kind of have to expect that you will not win everything. But I also think like you can learn from it so much. So it never really brought me down. It just I always like try to take everything I learned from the weekend and then apply it to the next weekend and just get better like that. This is also, um, this brings back to my mind when you said, I knew I could stay in the top 10 when you were speaking about the, the, the time you took uh, off from karting. How did you build that confidence inside you? Because it's not easy. And I know it personally, like from my personal experience, that it's not easy to say, I know I can be up there, but I'm not up there for this, this and that. How, how did you build that? Yeah, I think I built that up. It for sure wasn't easy for me either, but like... I have done so many test days and I think through just really like hard work and all these like test days and just working hard. Like I think that was it because also doing so many races like yeah I think and then also some results came in before that like sure. I was third at the at one of the European Yeah IMA in Castelletto yes, right? In Castelletto, yeah. So I think because that hard work has shown in some races and it's not like you forget how to drive you know so i just knew i was i was good but i just didn't quite have the material or the conditions because i'm not very good in what conditions so when <laughs> that came i was like okay this is not for me <laughs> but um when yeah i think when you just work hard really and you know you're getting better and you can really see that you're getting better um i think the confidence comes with that. And did you ever met some challenges in, in during those years that some maybe you thought you couldn't overcome them, but then you managed to do it? 
Um, yeah, actually, how we were talking about this confidence, I think it really came in just like when I took the break, the confidence really came in because when, um, when I was just like struggling at the end of the year, I was also struggling like mentally because I was like, oh my God, like, am I really bad or like, can I, did I stop driving well or how how is this happening i was just like starting to question myself and it just wasn't good for me so that was also one of the factors why i quit because i was like okay if if i can't just do it i can't do it so i need to stop and then when i stopped i realized i i don't think it was really me because now when i came back i was fast again so i think that also helped me a lot like so i think taking the break was just really um, helped me uh. overcome that challenge as well. Did anybody help you during the break, or was it just uh, self-reflection and yeah, being it, it able maybe to step back mm-hmm. for a little? Yeah, it, I think that was just it. Like mm. no one, I didn't really talk about it with anyone, but um, it just like when I took a step back and I just like thought about everything again. You just like you just really kind of get that time to reflect and. I thought about it and I realized like I didn't just go from being good and one of the fastest drivers to driving um, at the back of the grid in the final um, from week to week, you know, mm-hmm. it's it just doesn't happen like that. So I think then I stopped questioning myself and also I think it kind of helped my mindset because it, it just like brought in some positivity that i actually realized it wasn't me. <laughs> Why do you make that face? <laughs> uh, because uh, it was just like, I think it was just really bad uh, back then because I was not motivated at all. And um, I'm, I'm just really happy that that time is but over because um, I think it was just, yeah, it wasn't good. You're living it much better now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just really, I wasn't really motivated. And now that I can, I think the fact that I saw that it also helped me now because I know that if something goes wrong now, then most of the time either I really made a mistake because I was stressed out or something or it, it's just something's not working out. But I will never doubt myself that way again because I know it's just, I know what it did to me last year. Well, that's really important, I yeah. think. Yeah, it's that's something that only experience can teach exactly. you. Exactly. It's one of those life lessons also that Mm-mm. karting motorsport can uh, can give you, can teach you. And now we we are doing this podcast to to speak about those things but also to show behind the scenes and this is a behind the scene of the podcast because uh, Eliska asked us how much can I be honest? <laughs> What were you think? Uh, she asked before we started. Uh, how much can I be honest in the podcast? And I said one hundred twenty percent. So now I want to ask you why you asked that question to us before. I think because I, I have like some issues or like not issues, but I don't completely agree with everything like in the championship or like that. Because, for example, the tires. Yeah, now. That's something I wanted to talk yeah. about yeah. because the MG tires, it's just like so unfair. 
um, like it's the most unfair thing I think there is right now because like at the WSK our pace was amazing we were one of the fa- fastest then the FIA again the Italian championship and we did all this like preparation we also did so many test days and then yeah, for a second let's just remind everyone She's the first ever Italian championship. Yeah, I wanted to. I w- I, I would have mentioned that obviously. Uh-huh. I wanted to keep it as the the last part because uh, because it's it's incredible and it's a, one of the many stories we wanted to tell about you. But uh, yeah, it, it, correct to remind it. Then we'll the first woman. Yeah, she's the first win. woman to have ever won an Italian yeah. championship. Yeah, so that, yeah, it was really good. That <laughs> I, I honestly, I didn't even know. You know, you really? didn't know you were the first one, or no, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know I was the first one, and I also I just found out on the podium, and <laughs> <laughs> because they're like, how how does it feel? I was uh. making an interview, and they're like, how does it feel to be the first uh, woman Italian champion? I was like, I'm the first, Italian <laughs> <laughs> I'm the first woman champion in Italy, and, like, and they're like, yeah. What did you feel in that moment? Um, I just felt like, oh, like, wow, this this is amazing because, like, you know, girls are not very, um, or, like, they're really kind of pushed into karting now, but I feel like people around the paddock, especially, like, boys don't don't like that girls are getting mm-hmm. better so it always when when i when you can say i'm the first woman that achieved this uh, or the first woman that achieved that, that then it always feels just so good it's like a confidence boost, boost. yeah a lot of training even there more yeah, even <laughs> <laughs> no, but especially like when you beat good drivers it just feels even better <laughs> no i i have a i have a a few questions on this because it makes me really curious. But before I wanted you to finish uh, yeah, with what course, you were saying sorry. that we, we oh interrupted yeah, you. Sorry. Fine. Uh, so yeah, how I said we just pre- we were just preparing a lot for this race. Also, we did so much testing, and then when the important point comes, we just get bad tires. Like we check the data. We we cannot explain what it is other than the tire because my driving's fine. We compared it with my teammate Nicole mm-hmm. Human. And he is he's going really fast and he's just yeah it just looks like tires compared to him on the data. So it's just really kind of frustrating and disappointing because I know how much I've put into it and also how much like I was even trying in the quality and then when you just can't see the result it's just really frustrating and disappointing just because it happened because of the tires. So if if I messed up, then I would be like, okay, fair enough, I'm I'm stupid. Yeah. But then, when it's something that's out of your control, it's just really kind of heartbreaking as well. This sport some sometimes lets you down, maybe, but you keep doing it. Then people ask you, why are you stupid? I mean, you do a, a, a <laughs> sport that is, you take risks, you need to do sacrifices. Uh, it, a lot yeah. of it, it's not in your control. Exactly. Yeah. So it lets you down. Sometimes it's unfair. Why do you keep going? What do you answer? I would. I think I would answer. Okay, maybe I'm stupid for still trying. <laughs> but then, <laughs> what if it goes right one day? Yeah. Like I'm there for that. You know. <laughs> so no matter how long I need to keep trying, I just h- hope that the day where it goes right will just come. 
I think that's what keeps me going and keeps me in the sport because you just you're just like okay onto the next one onto the next one and you you keep telling yourself the next one is is the race it's it's the one where I'm gonna win and then if it's not then you just tell yourself yeah then it's the next <laughs> one <laughs> we have so another one <laughs> yeah yeah so I think that that always keeps me coming back. I think this is a beautiful answer and uh, mm-hmm. one I also identify myself with because I always used to say that fr- I my life was like shaped in in races. So I ended a race and then I did everything in my life to prepare for the next one. I didn't do a lot of races in a year like 8 9 and so I lived everything school uh, my day, everything was just the next race. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also the fact you say the race the race connects to our definition of the pass uh, because uh, we well, it's better if Nikki explains it that she's she's better in, in doing so. The name. The name, yeah. Okay. So we called it the pass because we wanted something that could relate both to track and to normal life. And so obviously on track the pass is when you overtake someone and something that you have to do. But also in your daily life you pass when you overcome a fear, you overcome you can even overtake yourself in life mm-hmm. because maybe you thought you couldn't do something and then you do it. And so if we, would, if we were to ask you something that in your life stands out that you're really proud of, if we talk about what is your the past. Yeah, I think I, think I already said it. I think it's the eye games really because yeah, it was games. just like... It was I was also the first woman to win that. <laughs> so wow. it was like it was like my the Italian championship was great as well for sure. Um but I think yeah, maybe that or the other thing I think that could have been kind of I I'm not sure if I would identify it as the past but that kind of made me stronger was my crash in 2021 in Adria Mm -hmm. it was like a big crash I even uh, took a ride in the helicopter but um, it was just yeah I think that really made me realize how much I love racing because like straight away already in the first day in the hospital I already wanted to go back to the track so I think that just really was eye-opening This is uh, is impressive because I I remember that that day I wasn't in Adria, uh, but I was following the race from home and I just remember that when they put the red flags immediately they didn't show the the crash they wasn't on the cameras at least from home, um, but I saw people running but running fast and I was a bit scared because when there are crashes yeah you see maybe the marshals but not people like from outside the track, yeah. and it really scared me and. Um, then we came to know about the dynamics and uh, it was really scary and uh, when also I came to know that you were involved uh, uh, I I was actually scared and uh, I think everybody was and so I asked uh, were you scared? I was knocked out I I don't remember anything anything. and then I just like remember waking up in the hospital and then I wasn't scared because I was they gave me some pills and like some things that like I didn't feel the pain at all and I had quite a lot of fractures on my body and I just like because I had no idea what happened like I knew I crashed because I could remember I woke up in the helicopter for like two seconds and that's all I could remember and then Whoa. I woke up in the hospital and um, 
Yeah, I wasn't scared because I just had no idea what happened. And when they told you? Then it just felt like it just felt like we were talking about someone else. I didn't really feel like that we were talking about me because I have no idea about like that thing. Like I have no idea that it happened, you know? Like I don't remember. I actually just remember probably like starting that race and then I don't remember anything from the race. Wow. wow. That's that's Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh how do we say brividi in English? Uh, uh, when you have the pelle d'oca, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you can understand. It's uh, it's impressive. Uh, um, do you ever have, or did you ever have fear in I this think, sport? Um, I didn't really have fear, but um, my so after the after the crash, I was to like a month on a wheelchair because my pelvis was cracked in, a mul- in multiple places so I wasn't allowed to oh. walk and then two days after I got out of the wheelchair we went to Portugal for the I Games 2021 and I did the qualifying oh my That's god crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was P2 in my group in the qualifying P4 overall or P5 and um yeah then I couldn't do the race because my mom was scared plus also I had like um some like I had really bad concussion and they told me that people normally die because of the concussion I had so yeah so um yeah I think that so my mom didn't want me to um risk do the race because like if anything or if I had a crash again or if I hit my head it could have been really bad and then I think there I wasn't scared because it was just driving and I wasn't racing and then I did um the race in Bahrain the grand finals the Rotax grand finals that year as well and um it there I think I was a little scared there because like the doctors told me how bad it was. I never realized until like in Czech there was this one doctor that told me, Yeah, you can celebrate your uh your birthday twice a year because like you're really lucky that you survived. So oh I was my like God. Wow. <laughs> Yes, I was like, Oh great. It's incredible <laughs> that you're laughing at this. I am really yeah. uh, Oh my god, it mm-hmm. makes me I don't know. I have, I'm lost for words actually because it's how did you how did you manage to do this? <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't <laughs> think she knows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just really because um, like throughout the entire healing process, I was just like I couldn't feel any pain. I I couldn't remember the crash. So of course it's horrible for the people around me. And when I say this, but I I just feel like it was just worse that she was telling me but I actually didn't feel like that because I couldn't feel the pain I didn't remember the crash then I also saw a video of the crash oh you saw mm. the video so yeah yeah I saw it straight away in the hospital and really? but again I I just didn't like I didn't think it was that bad because I was like okay I know that's me on the video but I actually don't remember any of it I don't remember the pain I don't remember just nothing this is mind-blowing for me Mm-mm. And this is also shows the the power of the of the sport of the passion, and uh, it's something that inevitably you touch when you speak to a, a, a girl who races. And sometimes I don't want to touch this topic because I I feel it's it's actually giving uh, uh, how do we say it's actually feeding the wrong direction of things. Mm-hmm. But it's 
it's inevitable because obviously it's uncommon for girls. It's less common for girls to race compared to to yeah. boys. So I ask you, do you ever feel that you have been treated differently also actually on track just because you were a girl? Yeah, for sure. Like always, no matter what, for example, boys, if they know that the boy in front of them is faster, they push each other. Like they push each other and they try to catch the people in front. But when when you're a girl, there's nothing like that. You either need to defend or they're going to overtake you. Even if they're half a second slower and they can overtake you, they just will because you're a girl and they cannot get beaten by a girl. The pride is yeah, yeah. But too it's much. Yeah, but I guess I understand it because it's like a sport that's dominated by boys, you know? Mm-hmm. And then most of the time there is like this stereotype that if you get beaten by a girl, you're just not yeah. good. So... I understand that nobody wants to get beaten by a girl, I think. But how did you also manage to overcome this? And uh, what you said, okay, the sport is kind of dominated by by boys also because the majority are boys. But what, what would you tell to someone? Maybe they also told you sometimes that it's a sport for boys. In Italian, we say uno sport da maschi. What, what would you answer? Or did you ever had to answer to someone like this? No, I didn't. But I think I would say that, like, we're in tw- 21st century. So, <laughs> like, at the end of the day, girls can do whatever they want, you know. And I think, like, no matter what, I think girls should be given the same opportunity as boys. Like, they don't... I don't think things should be made easier for them. I just want the same opportunity for them. So, for example, if... There is a boy and a girl on the same level. I think, like, for example, these um, F1 academies should consider consider them both as, like, equal drivers mm-hmm. and not just, um, like, the boy because he's a boy. And, in fact, what do you think about, like, F1 Academy who is doing that just for girls? Uh, well, Terry also raced in uh, not F1 Academy, the ah, one that W Series. Yes, yeah. she raced there. But yeah, but I think that's um, it's quite controversial for this for me. Mm. But I think it's just okay. I'm gonna say my opinion on this. But you, you <laughs> so be honest. So um, I know Terry did it, but I also think she she really liked it when she did it. But then when you really think about it. It's not really beneficial for girls, I don't think. Because at the end of the day, if a girl is just going to compare herself to girls, she's never going to beat the boys because the boys just have it in kind of their physics, their, or like their, um, just, yeah, biology as well, mm-hmm. that their bodies are just stronger and their, um, kind of yeah, stronger, faster, whatever. Um, and so if you if you're just comparing yourselves to girls and you stop improving at some level because you're the best, then you come to a field where there are dra- like boys, and then you're probably gonna be either in the end or the mid pack. You're never gonna beat the boys if you just compare yourself to girls. It's very interesting because you're a girl who has always raced also with boys. Beating boys. Beating them <laughs> also. 
Um, and I guess, I think, if I remember well, that after the victory at the Italian Championship here in Franciacorta, you said you would like to inspire other girls mm -hmm. and uh, show them that with hard work and dedication you can reach also those ambitious targets and uh, you can do anything you actually put your mind to. Um, do you feel you are uh, an inspiration? Did it ever happen to you to meet other girls and to feel that... It was nice. I managed to maybe give them some good advice. Um. Yeah. I think. I think there have been some girls. Um. That kind of mainly. Mainly. I think it was mainly like a bit older women than me and my sisters are. Uh. But I think those are the ones who can like really kind of notice that we are able to race with boys, and um. I think it's something they like to see because during their time or when they were young they uh, or younger they wouldn't really have that chance you know because yeah. um i think girls in motorsport were not really kind of pushed as much like ever so i think this is quite new so i think when an older generation sees this it's just really um like nice for them to see because they know that in their time it's something that would have never happened so i think it's also really good to see how it evolved and yeah i think it can al it also shows that the older generation already needed to do something that was like the right step in the like right direction uh because if nobody did anything girls wouldn't be as pushed in motorsport now mm -hmm. so yeah i think it's like yeah i think when i'm doing good i am also making a step in the right direction because it might give the next generation more opportunities yeah this is nice w what advice would you give little girls who are starting in motorsport just work hard like yeah you really need to work hard if you want to beat boys you need to be as strong as them you need to you just need to be um training with boys as well and you need to honestly just work really really hard probably harder than boys actually because they they have it naturally you know they're naturally yeah. stronger so it's it's easier for them but if you're a girl in motorsport it's not when you work harder you will not get stronger you will be just as strong as them so work harder than boys i think do you train a lot no i do not train a lot but, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't like it uh no it's not that i don't like it it's just that i don't have time, time. for it mm. because um my dad has always believed that like by um just doing laps we will it will be the best training so mm -hmm. th that's what we do that's how <laughs> we train i think it is yeah. yeah no i agree i completely agree because whenever for example when i stopped for a while i i did start going to the gym quite a lot and then in trinets the check track before the check race i drove a couple laps in okay and and i I was so tired. It was mm -hmm. it was so difficult. So I think the gym does not give you as good of a training as doing laps does. This is another thing that is difficult to explain to people. The, the physical effort that is required when uh, 
when training, <laughs> your father passed by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, I think we mm, we have reached the close to the end mm. of our episode. We went even longer than we expected, <laughs> but we actually had a couple of questions. Oh, actually. sorry, sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to end it actually oh. because you know how much I want to continue. It's <laughs> it's just that we hope, and this is important for mm. our viewers as always that. We didn't tell all the story of Eliska. We touched different points. We hope she will be our guest again if she likes yeah. this. <laughs> so yeah, that that's a premise, but sorry, Nikki. <laughs> no, because you talked a lot about also the importance of uh, the materials. So do you think this sport is more an individual or a team sport? For sure, team sport. It's for sure, people who have been doing this for many years know the material better. They have better material because they kind of know how to get it. And it's not available for just anyone. Mm -hmm. And also, I think the biggest importance is data from other drivers. So if mm -hmm. you have good teammates and you can compare the data, it's so much better. Because, for example, if, we, if you're alone in a team or if you have your own team and you're alone then and you cannot compare the data you'll be like wondering like oh my god where am i going wrong like i don't know but then when you get to compare the data with other drivers you're just like okay yeah i see so i'm messing up first corner then my breaking in third corner is not good and i think it's just like it saves a lot of time and just makes you improve quicker the second question, because it, it, I would have another one, but it's... No, the second one is just pure curiosity. What is your dream? Now, where Because we talked about you being an inspiration, mm -hmm. but where do you want to end up? I think... I think, like, when I was younger, F1 was the goal. But for me, I, I'm not sure if that's the goal right now, because it would be also really difficult to achieve it, because I think, like... Um, I'm like 18 years old now and I still didn't do a season in F4 so it, I don't know if that's really realistic anymore but uh, for sure I want to um, become a businesswoman if I don't and I want yeah. to do business with my sisters we're, um, yeah, we're already planning on kind of starting some businesses and um, I think because like I said like through karting, our bond has just improved so much and it just made us realize that like we're the strongest together. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think we just want to start something together and just really do well in that as well. Oh, that's really nice. Good luck. Thank you. I will support you and cheer for you. Yeah, it's crazy you. because family, team in karting, team in maybe business in the future. So... It was a very inspirational track talk for us. Mm -hmm. uh, we thank you. As I say, um, I hope we will have uh, other occasions also with your sisters, uh, with uh, your little brother uh, <laughs> to speak again. Oh to he would love this. He's, he loves talking and really? he, is, he is just so funny. He, he's just and he's a little crazy as well, so he would absolutely love this. Yeah, so we we're waiting we for to, him yeah. for Zdenek, right? Yeah. Do you say Zdenek also in Czech or? We say Zdenek. Zdenek, okay. Eliska is Eliska. Eliska. Ah, <laughs> wow. Well, what can I say if not thank you? And mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, thank you as well. <laughs> it was great. I, I'm happy to know it, and yeah. 
stay tuned for the next episodes. Uh, I say hi, I'm Mattia. I'm Nicole. I'm Elishka. <laughs> bye and uh, see you at the next The Pass. Bye bye. Bye. Because in some way, The Pass is also about you.